0: Welcome to another Start Again with Shauna Lee episode. Today, I'm going to introduce you to Jamie Rodriguez, who is a former dance teacher and dance team director with almost 20 years experience in public education. After getting engaged, she relocated from Austin to New Braunfels, Texas, and decided it was time to take a step back from the classroom to pursue other professional opportunities. Today, Jamie is an independent dance consultant, as well as the founder of her very own social media management company called Savvy Socials. Jamie is living her best life on the Guadalupe River as an entrepreneur, a small business owner, and remains connected to the dance world. Hello, and thank you for being with me today. Jamie, how are you?
1: I'm great. How are you? Thanks for having me.
0: I am doing really well and I'm so excited to be speaking again. I just love spending time with you always and I'm super excited to introduce you to my podcast audience.
1: Yes, I'm so excited to do this. I'm super pumped. Thanks for for including me.
0: Absolutely. So I have kind of previewed and introed you to my audience, but I would love to give you an opportunity just to say hello and give a quick intro and where you're coming from and we'll go from there.
1: All right. Um, My name is Jamie Rodriguez. Um, Start again queen right here in the flesh. Um, I currently live in New Braunfels, Texas and I work for a dance athletic clothing company. And I also run my own social media management company. Fabulous.
0: And we will definitely get into all of that in more detail. So yeah. I love that you introduced yourself as a start again, queen.
1: Yes. So in
0: what ways have you identified with that title?
1: You know, I think for me, um, I definitely am a start again, queen because well, first of all, queen, obviously there's, you know, that's there. There's no need to explain that if you know me, yes, I'm a queen. Um, and I think for me I am someone who was in a marriage for 13 years and at the age of 42 decided to get a divorce and kind of like I had to like reinvent who I was as someone who was no longer married after being in this marriage and this relationship for so long and then 2 years later I fell in love with my now husband and Relocated from Austin, where I had been living for 20 years, and moved where he lived in New Braunfels, and completely started a new life. I left my job um, as a public educator for 20 years, and started to kind of again reinvent myself. Who I am? Who am I now? If I'm not the dance teacher in public school um, in a new city? Um so yeah I mean I think that kind of is my adventure of how I consider myself to be a start again queen
0: in multiple ways for sure
1: yes yes
0: so when you think back over the falling in love starting a new career mm-hmm. moving to a new city yeah. what part of your story specifically do you think is most inspiring
1: I think I think I'm kind of someone who can Share with others that it's okay to completely start something new with yourself, even if it's really late in your life. Something that I've noticed a lot um, in some in people who are younger, like in their 20s, I noticed that a lot of people in their 20s, they have like, specifically women, have this notion that everything has to happen at a certain time of their life. Oh, well, by the time I'm 25, I need to be married. And then I need to have a baby when I'm at this age. And that life just doesn't work like that. I mean, right. you can make that plan, but it's not necessarily going to happen that way. And it's okay if it doesn't. Um, I feel like a lot of people freak out when something doesn't go according to their life plan. And it's it's just, you know, that it's not always gonna work the way you want it to go. And so, and that's okay. And I feel like for someone listening to this, who might be in a situation that's negative, like you're in a really bad relationship or you're in a bad marriage, or you're not happy with your where, where you're working, like it's okay to walk away and yeah. start over again from scratch, even yeah. if you're in your forties, I mean, right. It, right you're living your, I'm living my best life in my forties, honestly, like,
0: Oh, same. Yes. And I think when I look back at my life personally, I I'm like, Oh, I had all these plans and it never went according to my plan, but it ends up better than I had hoped. Yes. Which is, which is the most inspiring thing I think for me is to look back and realize there's, there's a lyric of some song that I'm not remembering. Um, and it says something about, um, you know, you make a plan and then God laughs at you. It's almost yeah. like I I'm getting yeah. at, I'm totally butchering the lyric, but along the lines of like, we have all these plans and that's so not what is actually going to happen.
1: Exactly. And, and I think kind of like people need to kind of like, it's great to have goals and to like, say, oh yeah, I, I want to accomplish X, Y, and Z in my life. But Trying to make it happen at a certain age or a certain time of your life is kind of, you're setting yourself up for some failure because it might not actually happen. And again, like I never would have, I never would have imagined being in a not so great marriage for 13 years and then getting divorced. But you know, here I am like, here I am. I mean, and thank God. I mean, like, do you know what I mean? Like, yes, absolutely. I, I had a Facebook
0: memory pop up Uh, for one of my friends recently where it was me being at her wedding and she's divorced now and I actually I know her well enough that I knew that this would land appropriately right it wasn't going to be offensive but I sent her a text with the the screenshot of that memory of me being at her wedding and said congratulations on not being married to him still (laughs) like
1: exactly
0: sometimes it just Best decision I ever
1: made was walking away from that. So literally like, if you're listening to this, it's okay to like, just walk away from something that's not making you deserve to be happy. And if that means that you're absolutely and need to go do something else with yourself to be fulfilled and happy, then by golly go do it it's okay and
0: you know i think a, a lot of times when people hear that i've been divorced 3 times there's a lot of connotation behind that right like sure. oh god there should be there's something wrong with her or her picker's broken or <laughs> something is like deficient in this human being to be divorced 3 times right? right and for a long time i actually um i held on to that there was a lot of guilt and shame and i kind of owned what other people were thinking until i was like yeah. you know what that's bullshit and not at all true. And so, and it's funny because it, it wasn't until I started talking to more and more people and actually telling, I was embarrassed to tell people that I was divorced for a third time at one point. And it wasn't until I started talking about it more and more and describing each of those marriages and each of those situations that people were like, oh, well you're different or, oh, well that's understandable or your situation. And I was like, you know what? No, every single divorce happens for very personal reasons. Sure. And they're not, it's not always bad. No, and no, those people, both of them, can end up in a better place afterwards.
1: Yes, yes so, 100%. No. I, I had a friend who posted something on Facebook once, and it was this whole thing about, in a nutshell, it was this whole article and this whole post about, how you know you should stay in your marriage and try to make it work and you mm-hmm. shouldn't get divorced and i am kind of close to her and i was super offended and mm-hmm. so i sent her a text and i was like listen <laughs> like some people cannot stay in marriages because it is not safe or it right. is not healthy for them physically right. emotionally anything and i said so your post really kind of sends a message like you need to stay in really negative, horrible relationships just because getting divorced is not cool or something. And like, yeah, there is nothing wrong with, you know, trying to make something work and it not working and going your separate ways so that both of you can go live your life and not be miserable anymore, whether one person wants it or not.
0: Absolutely. And I I do find it commendable when people are able to have some really big issues that they work through and they come back together stronger than they were before that thing happened. Um, I'm always really impressed with the amount of emotional maturity that that takes on both people's parts to make that happen. Yes. But at the same time, staying just for the sake of staying to me, isn't the win. Like, why is that the measure of success is the length of time you've been married?
1: Right. I, and I stayed for many years longer than I should have, um, because I was afraid of what people would think of me. Yep. I was afraid of, you know, I would be in this failure and, you know, this wasn't how it was supposed to be for me. And, um, and, and because of the situation in my marriage, I was afraid to leave him. Yep. So I yep. it took me years of planning and being strategic. And so when I was able to remove myself from that, I was like, I'm a rock star. Like this was super for sure. And a lot of courage for me to do. And I had to, there were people that thought I should have just tried to work it out. And you only know it when the person in that situation is the only one who knows what's best for them. And so
0: a hundred percent
1: block out the opinions.
0: Yeah. The other one that I, um, I, kind of personalized and took to heart was when people think you're a quitter for getting a divorce. Oh yeah. And I am so not a quitter, but I was like, well, shit, like I'm a quitter because I, I don't know how to stay married and I'll, and it's just not about that. And the other thing that I worried when I first wrote my book, um, you know, this divorce book was that people were going, especially my married friends were going to think that I was a proponent of divorce or that I was encouraging everyone to get divorced, or I thought everyone should get a divorce when you have a fight with your husband. And I'm like, Oh my God,
1: not no. even the case,
0: <laughs> not even remotely true. Like I you know, when I see these happy anniversary posts, it truly makes my heart happy to think people have like, Oh shit, you figured this out and you're stronger for that's super impressive to me, but But I just know
1: in that way for everybody, it doesn't.
0: And I know that when someone gets to the point where they decide this is the best choice for them, Mm -hmm. that needs to be encouraged because it was hard as hell to get there.
1: Yes. And
0: it's hard as hell to rebuild your life after you've made that decision. Right. That's why I wrote the book. I was like, these people who have already made the decision, I don't have to talk anybody into getting a divorce because first of all, think about your situation. Like had someone come along and said, well, girl, you just need to get a divorce. You wouldn't have been like, Oh, okay. Let me do that then.
1: Like, that's just not how it works. No, no. And people did tell me to leave. And I was like, no. i i can't yeah. i I, yeah. I need him i don't know like
0: <laughs> but you remember those those state like those first weeks and months after that like people need the encouragement they need to know how to pick up the pieces like yeah. your life is in shambles at that point and you're like yeah, yeah. how do i just have the courage to get yeah. up out of bed and go do my job again even like-
1: even if you're the person who instigates le- the divorce, like I, you know, I was the person who initiated, I shouldn't say instigated, initiated the divorce. Yeah. He didn't want that. And yeah. I mean, and that's a whole nother level of emotions because I felt bad, you yes. know? Oh, for sure. I mean, the guilt you know, that
0: comes with the one choosing to leave.
1: Yeah. And yeah. so there was a lot, it, it was a lot of for me to, to do it for myself. But then I also had that baggage of, am I a horrible person for doing this to him? And I had to consistently tell myself, absolutely not. This is what's best for you. And that's, what's most important right now is you,
0: you know, I made a post recently about, um, leaving people prettier than I found it. And I, I like to poke fun at myself, which I'm really, this is, I'm a work in progress to not like (laughs) use self-deprecating humor. But I made a post about, um, you know, ask any of my husbands, they'll, they'll tell you they're better off afterwards too, or something along those lines. But I do tend to think that even the person, because I've been the one left, I've been the lever, neither is easy, right? Um, Both suck, both have guilt, both have shame associated with them. But in any of those situations, I like to think, and maybe this is fooling myself, but I like to think that they are better off not being in that same relationship as well.
1: It's true. And I think if, I think if I talked to my ex-husband today and asked him looking back, do you not, are you not happier now that you are not in that situation anymore? I I would like to think that he would say, yes, this was the best thing after all. Um, I don't talk to him, but if I did, I would ask him (laughs) that. And I think he would say that because yeah a lot of it is just, you don't want to leave your comfort zone when you've been with yeah. someone for so long. That's a big piece of it. And I mean, well, and that is an excellent
0: segue. Cause I certainly didn't want this whole episode to be just about divorce, um, Right, right. <laughs> but leaving your comfort zone is I think the biggest reason why people don't do anything in their life that they really want to do. So Agreed. that's a job you're not happy with. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it could like, it's the reason people don't write a book they want to write because the comfort zone of your day to day is even mm-hmm. if the comfort zone is shitty, yeah. it's what you're comfortable with. It, it's what you're right. used to. So, like breaking out right. of that comfort zone, I think, is the hardest part of starting anything new.
1: I agree. Um, I when I left teaching after being at the same school for almost 19 years and t- being t- being a teacher for almost 20 years. I I didn't realize how miserable I really was and that where I and what I was doing um, yeah. until I was not in it anymore. And that's and I was so afraid to leave it because it was the comfort zone. It's what I've done. This is what I know. It's it's like clockwork to me. And what am I gonna do? And who am I if I'm not doing this? So yeah, I think people stay in situations because they're just afraid of what lies ahead. Yeah. And you have to just go
0: for it. It's interesting because I have a lot of teacher friends and I was talking to one of them recently. And I said, I just don't understand why anyone wants to teach at this point. Like this pandemic was so horrible to teachers. So bad. I mean, it was horrible for everyone, but like teachers, especially kind of hold this special place in my heart, because when I was struggling to, you know, facilitate the learning at home. And then I was so desperate to send my kids, like, please take my children, mm-hmm. send them back to school. Um, and I just, the things that teachers have had to put up with in the last two years is, is crazy to me, but insane. I asked my friend, like, I don't understand why anyone would want to teach right now. And she said exactly what you're saying. A lot of them, it is just a comfort zone. It's all they know. And they don't yeah. know what else they would do.
1: I have so many friends who are still teaching who are miserable and just, you know, they they don't they're, they don't really know what to do. They're, they don't want to do it anymore, but they don't know how to like break free. Um, I actually have a friend who she just resigned and she came to me before she made the decision and she was like, I'm. I don't want to do this anymore. How did you do it? And I was like, yeah. you just have to bite the bullet and think about again what's best for you and your well being. And if you if that is not where you're at, then you need to just leave. And you can't worry about the kids. You can't. You have to just yeah. concentrate on yourself because you give so much of who you are as when you're a teacher. You 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 become not the priority. And they're always like, oh, teachers need self care and da da da. Well. I mean, you could tell us that all day, but that doesn't yeah. mean we're going to do it. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're point, speaking to every woman in the country yeah, right now. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But you ha- you it, you get to a point where you're like, I'm not doing my students any good because of the mindset that I'm in. That's where I was at. And so she she resigned and she's figuring it out. I mean, it
0: it's And so okay. for
1: you, <laughs> let's talk about that because I think that would be helpful for other
0: teachers specifically to see what you did so when you quit teaching Uh what was your plan and how did you get from that original plan which I know is not
1: what you're doing now to where you are now well I of course I thought okay I have to you know I have to find a job I have to do something so I did start um I went on some interviews to teach um in districts down near New Braunfels in San Antonio. And I went on several interviews. And at one point I was offered a job and I, on the drive home, I like broke down, you know, I, and I got home and I was talking to my husband and I was like in tears. And he's like, they offered you the job. And he's like, and I was like, but I was like, I don't think I want to do this anymore. Like I, I felt, I did not, I still in that moment of them offering me that job, I did not feel appreciated. I didn't feel like they really wanted me. I feel like they needed to fill a spot because school was about to start. I just was like, I cannot put my I, This is not what I, I don't, I'm not, this does not make me, I shouldn't be crying like this. I should be happy if I got this job. And he was mm-hmm. like, well, then you don't have to do it. And so I just, I had, I took some time through the summer um, the rest of the summer and tried to like think about what, what my other interests are and like what are other things that I'm really good at and I already had a part-time job so that was helpful um, and that connects me to the dance world I knew I wanted to be connected to dance still um, and so I just started putting myself out there as like an independent consultant for dance things for directors and school districts and so I still do stuff like that and then that's how I kind of got into the social media thing. Cause I was all about social media for my own self. And I was doing social media for the company that I work part-time for. And so I took a class, um, on how to be a social media manager and met a whole community of people that is amazing and launched my own business. Like it literally happened in uh, three months.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it was great. And so in, in that whole process, what do you think is the most surprising challenge you faced? And how'd you overcome it?
1: I think, I think for me personally, it was that time of, of what do I, what am I going to do? Like, how do I reinvent myself? Um, I've been this one thing for so long. I don't know. And I had some pretty, I had some down days, you know, I had some days where I was really down in the dumps and I thought, I'm never going to find anything like I'm, uh, maybe I'm just going to go back to teaching because that's obviously that's all I'm good at. I mean, I had that mentality and and I still kind of go there to that place sometimes, but sure. um, I think for me, it was the whole, the whole process, having to go through that process of trying to figure out, okay, there's there, I am a creative person. That is my nature. That's how I did what I did for so long. And so mm-hmm. how can I explore that? in other avenues and not in the classroom. And that was hard. I mean, it was really hard. I had to do a lot of deep internal digging of myself and try to figure that out. What's I'd
0: interesting say- to me is when I hear from a lot of different people, um, it usually comes back to some creative endeavor. Mm-hmm. I feel like most of humanity, one doesn't think they're creative when in fact everyone is. right And the happier and more fulfilled they are is when they're embracing that particular way that they are creative. Right. And I feel like when people just follow their passion Mm -hmm. and do more of what they enjoy, that's when you uncover the thing that you should be doing. And and I think should be, quote unquote, should be, um, is relative, right? It's what you are feeling called to do is what you should be doing not right. because someone tells you, you should do it
1: and have faith in the process too, because that's part oh of my it. God. Yes. yes. I mean, that's, you got to hold on to that hope that this struggle, this whole, you know, adventure and this journey that you're on to find that it's all part of that process. And if there's a reason there's a light at the end of the tunnel, um, yeah. it's, you, you have to have faith in that and you have to trust that, it's going to all come together the way it's supposed to. And it always does. It
0: always works out. Like when I look back at the most challenging phases in my life, and let's be honest, there's been a couple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I've always come out of it. I've always survived 100% yep. survival rate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the worst circumstances. And yet it always works out and usually better than I anticipated. Yes.
1: And it's all but learning you learn
0: having faith in the process is really difficult. I think, especially when you don't know how you're going to generate income. And there's a lot of concern and worry and fear. I think fear limits a lot of people's capacity for growth. hundred
1: percent, hundred percent. That's
0: what our society is built on is fear. Right. Um, Okay. So if you were to look back at the younger you, what advice would you give? (laughs)
1: Oh, wow. (laughs) That's a whole book. Like in (laughs) itself, (laughs) I would no for real. I would, I would tell my younger self to trust her gut instincts to not, to lean more into that feeling that something isn't right. Don't do it. Um, as opposed to going in like, well, okay, I guess we'll see what happens. I mean, if you (laughs) Honestly, like, I mean, that's, yeah, that's how I got married the first time and, you know, not great. Um, I would say, you know, trust your gut. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to walk away from things that don't make you happy. Don't stay in situations that are not good for you. Um, put yourself first, you know, you can be a little selfish in a lot of moments and, to not be afraid to do that. That's what I would say.
0: I really, really hate how much, um, self-care is perceived as being selfish. Yeah. Like it, it, one of the things I've started doing in the last week or so is I take a leisurely bath almost Mm -hmm. every day. Oh yeah. And this used to be like this special occasion thing. And I was like, what difference does it make if I lay in the bath for 20 or 30 minutes instead of showering really quick for 10? Yeah, yeah. And at first, I had to kind of trick myself into making it okay. So yeah. I'd be like, well, I'll learn something and I'll listen to a podcast while I'm there. Right. And then that started to kind of feel like work. And so now yeah. I just put on some leisurely music and I yeah. use it as my meditation time. And I'm like, okay, still two birds with one stone because, you know, I need to be doing something. Right. Um, but But it has done so much for my, my mental health and my starting point for the day that, um, I was like, wait, why, why is this selfish for me to clean myself and take a minute to just take a breath?
1: Well, and why is it selfish to, um, want to be happy and put yourself in good situations that are good for you? Right. Like, well, and I think for me, the, the click a few years
0: ago was because I felt incredibly selfish to do anything for myself, whether it was buy a purse or a pair of shoes or, uh-huh. you know, take time to do something because I liked it instead of doing for my children. That was a huge aspect for me until I made the switch in my mind that when I do those things, it makes me happier And Mm -hmm. when I'm a happier person, I'm actually a better mom.
1: Exactly. I think
0: about the stressed out, always go, go, go version of me. Like I'm snipping at my kids and I'm not as patient and like, I am actually a better parent when I take time to make myself happy.
1: Yeah. You have to be in order to be good, you know, to have, to be a good piece of a relationship or or at work or whatever, you have to feel good. And so you have to do things that are going to make you feel good. And if that means you're going to go, you know, buy a purse for yourself, then go for it. I mean, it's not being selfish. I mean, it's, it's taking care of you. Yep.
0: Yep. And that's a great point because I think a lot of people think self-care equals spa day. And it doesn't, because if we go back to what our love language is, Mm -hmm. Self-care is doing those things for yourself that make you feel the most loved. Right. So for some people that really is going and buying a bag, like gifts is one of my top love languages. And so when I started realizing that that was a way that I could prioritize myself and be kind to myself, Yeah. because let's face it, a $40 bag that I buy from Amazon is not going to make or break what I feed my kids for lunch. Porcelain. But I had literally put off buying a bag for years thinking, oh no, I can't do something for myself. It's all about the story we tell ourselves.
1: Yeah, yeah. It you you can't you have to remind yourself that you're important too and like mm-hmm. your well-being is important and whatever it is that you need to do to nurture that, then that's what you need to do. And and it's okay to do that. You're not a bad person because you care about yourself. Correct. Correct. (laughs) I mean, like, yeah, it's yeah, no, I, I know what you mean. I, yeah. So where are you going from here? What's next for you? So I am just, um, I'm well planning my wedding. I, I'm legally married, but I'm having, we're having our wedding celebration in October. So we're working on that. I'm, you know, if anybody needs help with their social media, if you have a small business, um, or any business hit me up, I'm your girl. Savvy socials is the name. Yes. Of tell the- us
0: about this business and, um,
1: who your client, your ideal client is. I mean, my ideal client is really anyone. That's kind of, I'm still figuring out like, you know, what my little niche is, but mm-hmm. I, I definitely, I mean, I have clients from all different industries um, mm-hmm. and I think for me right now, I'm exploring all the things. So, um, but I definitely, you know, if you're someone who um, is trying to gain more presence on social media for your business. um, That's me. I can help you with that. Um, Sometimes people, you know, have really successful businesses already, and they're just not real active and present on social media, which right now, everybody, that's where you need to be, because that's where people go to try to find Mm -hmm. things for themselves. It's online. And so, um, you know, that person just might not have, they don't have time for it. And so if you turn that all over to me, your social media manager, then I take care of putting you out there and making sure that you're seen and that, um, and all of that. So, so to me, it sounds like you do have a niche. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And that, that is the business owner who either doesn't want to, or hasn't for whatever reason, ventured into social media and knows they need to be there.
1: Yeah. Yes. If you, if you, and it can be anything. Um, I mean, I, I have clients that vary from, you know, like my the dance and the athletic wear, all the way to um, uh, a spa. This girl who owns a spa and does yeah. like, you know, waxing and all that stuff. So, I mean, yeah. it's well, because at the
0: end of the day, it really doesn't matter what the business is doing. Mm-hmm. It's it's not having the knowledge to know how to portray that online. Right. That right. is where that's where you're bringing in right. your specialty. Right. That's awesome. Okay, so savvy socials, how can people find you?
1: So if you you can find me on Instagram um, at savvy underscore socials. Um, I'm on Facebook. It's Savvy Socials22 is my username on there. Um, I'm working on my website, uh, but I am on Linktree also under Savvy Socials. But all my Linktree and everything is, if you go to my Instagram, it's all in my bio. Um, Instagram is a great place to start for, to find me first. Um, Fabulous. And I'll be sure to link all of those
0: places in the show notes awesome. today. So everybody can just easily click, click, awesome. click to find you. Yeah. Um, that is awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. It was great. It was a pleasure. And I hope that all of the people come to find you. Yes.
1: Come and find me. I'll do, I can do your Instagram, your Facebook, your TikToks, whatever.
0: Make some, make some action happen. Magic happen. Yes. Yes. Awesome. Well, thank you again. Have a lovely day. Thank you. You too. Okay. Listen, are you struggling to find what your true purpose really is? You should try journaling at the very least. It will get you to a better feeling place than where you are right now. I've created a set of journal prompts to get you on your way to discovering who you truly are and where you want to go from here. My free download is called Journal Yourself to Joy, and it's available at shaunalee.com under free stuff. These are my tried and true journal prompts that will raise your energy, increase your positivity, and brighten your day. Download yours today.